We want to welcome you to the Bible teaching ministry of Fellowship Bible Church, where our desire is to honor God by faithful obedience to His Word. If you want to understand the Bible better, please continue to listen as Pastor Matt Postiff explains and applies the biblical text one verse at a time. You can reach us with questions or for more teaching audio and print material at our website, fbcaa.org. You can also watch our services live at fbcaa.org live. We want to thank you for listening and pray that you will be edified. Join us now as Pastor Postiff opens God's Word. All right, we welcome you this morning the, to the uh, Sunday School Hour. We have a little bit different uh, thing today. Again, one of our dear friends, two of our dear friends are with us, uh, Jack and Jennifer Mitchell. So we'll be having them come and share uh, their report here this morning, and then our brother will be speaking in the morning service. Let me encourage you, if you uh, have not or do not get the Mitchell's uh, updates when they send them, uh, you probably have a sign-up on the thing out there. If you don't, we'll make one, but sign-ups for that. Here's the thing. You can get emails from uh, missionaries. You can read their news. Uh, but it's not quite the same as, say, the amount of contact that I have with our missionaries. I get sometimes special updates or other things, and that's not the same as when you can see them in person and, and you know, give them a hug and talk to them around the table like we have and ride in the car with them from the airport. And that's not the same as having them in the church uh, when they can really, you know, be with us and we with them. They're an extension of our ministry. All of our missionaries are. And we're so glad that Jack and Jennifer are able to be here with us. But if you don't have any one of those levels of contact with our missionaries, it's no wonder you feel disconnected from them. Uh, and so we try to encourage as much connection with the missionaries as we can. Uh, the best way right here. We're looking forward to it, brother. So he's got some pictures to show us and things we're looking forward to, and come on up and do that. And uh, we got started a little bit late, so you don't worry about going a little bit late, okay? okay. God bless you. All right. Thanks. You shouldn't say that. Uh, we'll be here uh, for a long time then. <laughs> uh, well, we're very thankful for uh, the opportunity to be here again uh, we love you all. We're, we're so thankful for the partnership that we have with this church, especially, and uh, how it's been for a number of years now. Uh, just really a special connection. And uh, just so thankful for uh, your prayers for us. Uh, they are needed. <laughs> and uh, we, we really feel that we have a, a partnership with you. And um, we love it when we come to churches and and uh, people ask us about things that we have written down in some of our newsletters and, and such that we know that people are praying for us and, and understand what's going on in our in our ministry. So this morning, I hope you'll get a glimpse of of what we do, what we're, what it's all about. We're thankful that um, the Lord has opened things up now again that we're able to travel uh, in different countries and and uh, continue to do the ministry that God has, has called us to. Um, Lord willing, we'll be uh, leaving in a couple of weeks, two weeks, March 3rd, I believe it is, for, um, for Israel, and we'll have uh, ministry actually in the West Bank, uh, Lord willing, if uh, that remains open for us. So I appreciate prayer for that. There's a lot of 
logistics <laughs> that have to be um, taken care of to to navigate uh, into where we want to be. So we would appreciate prayer for that. Uh, we'll be in what we would call from our Bibles uh, Samaria. That's the area of of uh, Israel we will be in. So um, I was telling Pastor Matt this morning, not far from where we will be is Jacob's Well. And uh, just really uh, neat. We were able to see that the last time we were there. I think it was 2017 or 18. Anyway, so that's next on the agenda. Uh, following that, in May, we will be uh, in Zambia, Africa. And we look forward to that. Um, and uh, it's always a blessing for us to be there. We've been to Zambia, and the particular ministry we'll share with you this morning several times now, probably five or six times. And uh, we've seen a couple of churches now planted uh, as a result of medical missions there. And uh, so uh, that's been a real encouragement to us. And uh, we always partner with uh, local uh, pastors or missionaries so that uh, once we leave, there's, there's follow-up to our ministry. Because oftentimes we, we are there for, for two weeks period of time. We, we don't actually see a lot of uh, fruit from the ministry, but the, the fruit usually follows after the ministry. And we count on those that we partner with in these different places to be diligent about the follow-up part of the ministry and we're thankful for how God has blessed us with a number of people uh, that that do that. Um, this morning I want to uh, do two basic things. One, share with you some of our our recent ministries and also uh, just try to uh, challenge you a little bit with uh, the um, importance of being uh, diligent in, in sharing the gospel, particularly in the times that we live today. So uh, hopefully you'll be able to get all of that in. It just kind of depends on how much I talk uh, this morning. <laughs> so, anyway, uh, so this is uh, this picture uh, is uh, is a, a good and a bad thing. Uh, you see that the good thing is that I get to minister with my wife. She's always on the other side of the dental chair. Uh, such a blessing, um, and. Uh, I have the easy job. She she collects spit, so uh, that's not really glamorous, but it's, it's necessary. Um, and so it's just a real blessing um, to partner with your wife in ministry. It's just such, it's such a joy. So um, we are with GFA Missions. It's out of Greenville, South Carolina, but we live in, in I was going to say Massachusetts, because uh, <laughs> we just moved uh, in August to New Hampshire. Uh, we are, are bucking the trend as you get older. You're supposed to downsize and move south. Uh, we upsized and moved north. So you know that we're backwards in our thinking. So uh, hopefully, uh, scripturally, we're not backwards. But anyway, the, the, the good thing is my wife being there. The bad thing is you see the top of my head. Um, that's not a good thing. Um, so uh, I, I was shocked when I saw that. I don't usually see the top of my head, you know. Um, but anyway, <laughs> that comes with age, I guess. So I want to share a few pictures of uh, ministry. This is our was our last ministry, sorry, um, in November uh, 2022. And we were partnering with a church in this area of Mexico, Comitán, Mexico. 
It's in the uh, southeastern part of Mexico, and we were actually having ministry in a couple of churches very close to the Guatemala border there in Mexico. So this was the, we'll call it the mother church um, and uh, in, in the city of Comitán. And the man in the striped shirt there is uh, Pastor Morales. He is the pastor of that church in Comitán, and he has planted 23 churches uh, in this area of Mexico, and I think he's been there about 17 or 18 years. So very uh, uh, diligent in, in uh, planting churches. And so uh, in this picture, we, are, we had to send our supplies and, and ahead of us to get it across the border. It's very difficult to get um, supplies and, and medicines and such across the Mexico border. It's one of the hardest borders to get it across in terms of money you have to pay. So anyway, we were just checking through our supplies and getting ready to travel to the area where we're going to be. And the lady in the white coat, uh, she is Dr. Elvie Morales. She's the daughter of the pastor. She is a medical doctor. She's in a residency program in another part of Mexico. But uh, during her vacation times, she does outreach ministry. And so we were partnering with her and her, her, her dad's church and two local churches that are recent church plants uh, in, in that area around the Guatemala, Guatemala border. So it was just a blessing to be with, with, with them all. Our goal is that everybody that comes hears the gospel. And uh, we were just very excited about um, the people that were involved in the ministry with us. That, that was their goal, too. And uh, they were very diligent about that. Uh, Pastor Morales, you see in the background there, and the man in the blue shirt on the left side, uh, we also were partnering with another missionary there that is connected with that church who has a, uh, a Bible institute, and he brought all his Bible institute students. Uh, I think there were 12 or so, 10 or 12, and they were responsible for a lot of the evangelism, and they would sit with each patient that came before their patient was seen um, and diligently share the gospel with them. And we saw um, a number of people come to trust Jesus Christ during that time. Uh, so we're thankful for that. So everybody heard the gospel, and uh, even, even the children that came. So we, we were uh, excited that, that that was going on. I want to share two stories uh, of this time that, that are, uh, I would say, a description of medical missions. Um, and I, I think, you know, in this trip uh, to Mexico, we were there uh, we, we were in Mexico for 10 days, but we had five days of ministry. And I, it was one of the more exciting uh, ministries that we had in terms of um, the impact on the people that we're seeing. So um, just an exciting uh, time for us. So this young man with his head bowed, um, he came to see the dentist. He came like this he, with his hands on each side of his head. He had... Uh, uh, Becky Banks toothaches on both sides um, and uh, his wisdom teeth on, on the top and he came to see the dentist and he showed up uh, very early probably 8 o'clock in the morning and uh, we had a medical uh, another medical doctor with us from the states and he took one look at this man and he said this man is very sick uh, not from the teeth and so um, they did some tests on him and they checked his uh, blood sugar and uh, his blood sugar didn't even register on the uh, meter. 
and uh, they suspected his blood sugar was between four and five hundred, um, which uh, puts him um, on his deathbed. Really, they told me um, this man is close to dying, and uh, so they said he needs insulin, and he didn't have any. Uh, and so they uh, <clears throat> went looking for insulin in this area. Now, this is a very remote area that we were. We were in there. They went to a couple of local pharmacies. They couldn't find insulin. And it happened that there was a, a, an outreach uh, from the government in another village, and they had some, some medical people uh, there. And so they went to, to that particular outreach, seeing if they had any insulin, and they did not have any insulin. And uh, But along the way, I can't remember where it was, <laughs> along the way, someone overheard them asking for insulin. And this man was a diabetic. He said, I have insulin, and, he, and I will give it to you for this man. So they, they brought the insulin, and they gave him the insulin. The doctor said to me, we have to monitor him uh, all day and to see if his uh, blood sugar level will go down satisfactory for us to be able to take his teeth out. So this is what happened to him all day long. The pe pa this is Pastor Morales sharing the gospel with him. There was another pastor in th this particular church we were in sharing the gospel with him. And this man right here was saved. Praise the Lord. Uh, he's actually crying. Actually, both of them are crying <laughs> at this time. And uh, this man, his name is Jesus, uh, Jesus. And he uh, accepted the Lord as his savior at that time. And uh, he continued to wait and wait. They kept checking his blood sugar. And at the end of the day, uh, probably 4 or 5 o'clock, he was my last patient. We were able to take out the two wisdom teeth. So praise the Lord. And I, I say that this man was saved twice that day, physically and spiritually. Uh, from, for us, that's very exciting because this is why we do what we do, that people that come with a real physical need, they have no idea that they have a spiritual need. They know they have a physical need, but we are telling them, you also have a spiritual need. So praise the Lord. We're thankful for Jesus and for the ministry there. This young man in the yellow shirt, uh, we were, my wife and I were in a little room on the side of the church building there, and there was a doorway where I could look out and see this, this uh, table and Pastor Morales sat there at that table all day, and one by one, he would be ministering to people. But this young man stayed there for a long time. And so I kept looking out there at this young man, and, and Pastor Morales was sharing the gospel with him here. He, he, he gave him a Bible to reference some verses. And uh, then I looked out, and they were praying. And I said, well, praise the Lord. I hope that means this, this young man was saved. And so not long after that, they brought him to the dentist. <laughs> And I said, did this man trust Jesus as his Savior? And they said, yes, he did. Praise the Lord. So, you know, that's, that's what it's all about. People ask me, you know, what's your favorite part of your ministry? And I say, my favorite part is when they bring a patient to the dental chair and say, this man just trusted Jesus as their Savior. That's, what it's, that's why we do what we do. So we're thankful uh, to the Lord for that. Um, so... Uh, Lord willing, we'll be back in Mexico in that area with that church later on uh, this year, probably in November, as was that, that ministry there. Um, so I want to share with you a little bit about Zambia. I mentioned we'll be in Zambia in May. We'll actually be in Zambia twice this year. We were there twice last year, so May and July. We actually have a team of, of 17 people going 
in May, um, a couple of medical doctors, some nurses, and, and a number of students, nursing students and uh, medical uh, students co coming with us. And we partner, partner with uh, missionaries Todd and Kathy Beeman. We've been partnering with them since 2013. Uh, we've known them longer than that. But um, here in this picture, you see in this village, um, you can try to pronounce it however you want to. Uh, I, I pronounce it different each time. So, But, but we were in this village, and uh, the, the Beemans, Pastor Beeman, Todd Beeman, wanted to uh, start a ministry in this village, and he brought us there. Uh, and so this was his kind of first uh, outreach to this village. And um, you don't see us in this picture, uh, but there we are under that tree. We were set up under that tree. We were treating patients there, um, and it was just that we didn't have a doctor. It was just a dental uh, ministry. And while we were uh, treating patients, uh, Pastor Beeman was sharing the gospel with them. He has taken um, the gospel track, the bridge track, um, and he has, uh, with permission, uh, translated it into the local language and put it on a flip chart like that. So he can go through that with these people, and it's been very effective um, with, with uh, people in these villages there. And so this is what was going on while we were treating patients. We were there, I think, two, maybe three days, and uh, we had no idea, uh, again, what what the result of that was, we, we heard that maybe some people were saved during that time. Now, this was in September of 2013. In December of 2013, just a few months later, he had a church there in this village. And I couldn't believe it. I, I actually doubted it. I said, that is too fast. <laughs> um, so what happened after we were there, he started having a Bible study in this village. And people were saved. And uh, praise the Lord, he, he had a church. <laughs> um, they actually built a building in, in, uh, in December and started a ministry there So, in that village. So this is it in 2021. We were there again. And this is now the number of people who came. We had a medical doctor with us um, and uh, uh, some nurses and such. And so uh, hundreds of people came in in during that ministry and you see up at the top that's the church building on the top there um, up here Calvary Baptist Church and um, and so uh, we would get there in the mornings there would be probably 200 people waiting uh, for for us and uh, they all heard the gospel first that's what's actually going on here uh, this is Pastor Beeman and this man is actually translating for him there sharing sharing the gospel with these people so that was uh, in that Chizezo, whatever it's called, village. Since that time, uh, in 2021, prior to that, he has started another church in another village, uh, probably about half an hour away. Uh, that doesn't sound like too much of, a, of a, a time difference, but when people have to walk, that's, that's, and it's very difficult to drive from one of these to the other. So there's another church there, the Muma Church. And uh, this is Calvary Baptist Church of Muma. And this church uh, plant was also started through medical missions. So we were thankful uh, to be a part of that. And so when we were there and uh, having ministry in the other village, they dedicated this church um, in, in 2021. And they had a 
uh, a service in this church of people from both churches, the first church um, and then this new church. And uh, during that service, Pastor Beeman asked how many people in this building at this time saw the dentist in 2013. And I can't remember exactly how many people, but there are probably eight or ten people that raised their hand. And so the result of that ministry in 2013 was there in that church in 2021. You don't know how much of an encouragement that was to me and my wife. And so we're, we're very thankful. This little plaque back here says that this building was dedicated to Jack and Jennifer Mitchell. I cried then, too. <laughs> I didn't know that <laughs> at the time. It was a shock to me anyway. So that's kind of what our ministry is about. Um, we try to, we, we try to uh, impact people in different parts of the world um, through the use of medicine and, and uh, dentistry uh, and partner with, with national pastors or missionaries. But my burden actually is to be able to be in parts of the world that are that are more resistant to to the gospel, more resistant to to missionaries. Basically, what we would call restricted access countries or closed countries. And I, I I'm sure I shared that burden with you in the past some. But I, I just wanted to, you know, just talk a little bit about it today, again because it's a real burden for me. Um, I'm, I'm thankful that things are starting to open up. There are countries in the world that we, we do have opportunity to get into now um, a, as medical people that, that normal missionaries, not that we're not normal, but, um, well, maybe we're not. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, um, so, and, and just living in the times that we're living in, I say these are extraordinary times. Who would have thought, even five years ago, that our country would be where it is today, and the world would be where it is today, in terms of their their uh, thinking regarding Christianity and Bible-believing Christians and the onslaught against the Bible and what the Bible teaches. So I say, these are extraordinary times, and these extraordinary times demand extraordinary Christians, and we need. We need God's help to be the Christians that, that God wants us to be. And um, so I, I just want to share a few things with you. This is actually part of a longer presentation, um, but um, I don't want to be thrown out. So we're just going to uh, talk about part of it here this morning. But Second Timothy chapter 3, verse 1, it says, This know also that in the last days perilous times or times of difficulty shall come. And... I think, biblically speaking, we've been in the last days for a long time. <laughs> been in the last days since the Lord went up to heaven. Um, but I think we're in the last, last days. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Nobody can predict. But, I mean, just think of how wicked the world is today and even our own country. And you, you, have, to, you have to think, <laughs> this is a possibility. You know, the Lord could come. I mean, obviously, we know the Lord could come at any time. And um, so I, I think it's urgent that we have a heart to share the gospel with people, um, not just in, in Mexico or Zambia, but in Ann Arbor, Michigan. 
And you have a, a, a school here, I think there's a school here, a college, um, that not only has a football team, but also has a lot of international students. And it has a lot of international students from restricted countries of the world, closed countries where, where missionaries cannot get in. They're next door. <laughs> they're next door. They're walking around. They're in Walmart. They, you know, they're, do you have Walmart here? Anyway, they're, you know, they're, they're here. And we need to be willing to, to uh, put ourselves in a place that we can share the Gospels. So we must have this sense of earnest, earnest urgency concerning the need for a bold, consistent Gospel proclamation. We need to be sharing the Gospel boldly with people and not be fearful of that. Um, I'll just tell you right from the beginning that I am fearful of that sometimes. <laughs> It's, it can be uh, intimidating, but we, we need to have that sense of urgency. And so I say, well, what does it take? And I look at myself, you know, I, I say to myself, what does it take? What do I have to be like to have this sense of urgency, uh, to, to develop this urgency to pre present the gospel to people? And I came up with, with four things. We're just going to look at the first one. Uh, this morning, but I, I believe we need to have a burden like God's, a burden for, for the lost that is similar to what God's burden is for the lost. So we need to have that burden like God's. We need to rely on the promises of God. We're not going to go into this today, but God says he's going to be with us wherever we go. No matter what we're doing, God is going to be with us. We have to rely on the promises of God that when we're in situations where it's more difficult, that we rely on the promises of God, that God is there with us and he's going to help us in, in those things. And sometimes that difficult place is in the, for me, the Dunkin' Donuts drive through <laughs> You know, that I'm there, I have a gospel track in my car, do I give it to the person that is giving me my coffee? I need to be able to say, yes, I'm going to do this. And uh, I don't always do it. Rely on the promises of God, that God is with us. We have to, have to have a commitment to serve, a commitment to serve. Many of you, I'm sure, many of you in this room today have memorized uh, Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. How many have memorized those verses? So... Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2, it says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye what? Present your bodies a living sacrifice. Present your bodies a living sacrifice, a commitment to serve, wholly acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service, and be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. We need to be able to present ourselves to God and say, God, I'm going to do whatever you want me to do. A commitment. We need to make a commitment. Years ago, years ago, well, not that many years ago, but in 1987, when I accepted the Lord Jesus as my Savior, I said to God, I will do whatever you want me to do to serve you with my life, even if it meant not being a dentist. I will serve you with my life. Have you ever told God that? 
Have you ever told God that? That doesn't mean you have to quit your job. But it means you need to be willing to do the things that God wants you to do with your life. And one of those things is to be willing to share the gospel with the lost. We have been given, what? The ministry of reconciliation. We're ambassadors for Christ. We need to be willing to do what God is commanding us to do. We need to have this commitment to serve God. And then we need to have a laser-focused walk with God. A laser-focused walk with God. If I, if I, you know, shine this red light that's not working somewhere, um, it's, it's a straight line. It's a straight line. It's supposed to be, anyway. Straight line. That's what we need to, our life needs to be like that. A straight line, focus on what God wants us to do. When the Lord Jesus Christ was on the earth, he had this focus, didn't he? What was he focused on? He was focused on the cross. The the whole time, he was focused on the cross. In Luke's gospel, I think it's chapter 9, verse 51, I forget exactly. But at the end of his, the time was approaching, and he was going to Jerusalem to die It says there in Luke's gospel, he steadfastly set his face to go to Jerusalem. He didn't want anything to interfere with that. In fact, during that time, he was walking through Samaria. And the Samaritan people were angry with him because he didn't stop and, and, and minister there. He was focused we can't let things interfere with our focus on, on gospel presentation, on sharing the gospel with people. How many things are there in the world today that will distract us from doing what God wants us to do? How many things? I, you know, it's just so difficult to be focused. Because um, why? The devil doesn't want us to be focused. <laughs> he doesn't want us to be focused. But the first thing, I believe, is we need to have this burden. We have to see the urgency of sharing the gospel with people. Have the burden that God has. And what is that? A burden like God's. What is it? This verse, I, I can't stop thinking about this verse. I probably even shared it with you more than one time here in the past. But 2 Peter 3, 9, The Lord is not slack or slow concerning his promises. Some men count slackness. But his long suffering to us were what? Not willing or wishing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. That's God's heart. That people wouldn't die without the Lord. Without trusting in Jesus Christ as their Savior. How many of you today know when you're going to die? None of us know when we're going to die. I don't like to say this, but some of us in this room, maybe we're going to die next week. My wife and I fly, so, you know, all the time. And it's like, we could die in any one of those planes. If you died today, where would you be? Would you be in heaven or would you be in hell? That's a serious thing. 
And so as we're walking around in our life and people, we interact with people, do we care whether or not when they die they'll go to heaven? Do we care? God says, I care. This was at the time in, 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 in Second Peter, the scoffers were saying, where is the promise of his coming? You people are deceived. God is not coming. He's not coming. You're telling us he's coming, but he's not coming. All these years, he hasn't come. Where is the promise of his coming? And what do we say? He's waiting. He's waiting. If you're here today, and you've never trusted in Jesus Christ as your Savior, he's waiting for you. He's waiting for you. And maybe today is that day. He's waiting. We have to think of that. We have to think of that. You think of that man, Jesus, that came to have his teeth taken out. He had no idea that he needed a spiritual birth, that he needed spiritual help. He had no idea. There are a lot of people walking around in the world today that have no idea. It's up to us to share that with them. So this is God's heart. Do we have that heart? I say to myself, do I have that heart that I walk around not willing that any should perish? I don't have that heart. I want to have that heart. I don't like statistics. Because you can, I mean, you know, especially with the, with the whole COVID thing, you know, we're hearing statistics all the time, all the time. And people, you know, use them for their purposes. But I think these statistics are important for us, especially as Christians, to, to know. That there are 17,000 people groups in the world. That's groups of people that share the same language and culture. 17,000, approximately. And of that, 6,000 of those groups are unreached with the gospel. They've never heard. 6,000. The world population is a little bit over 8 billion now. The population in unreached groups, 3.25 billion. That's 41% of the population of the world. Are you surprised at that? 41% of the population of the world have never heard the gospel. Where are those people? I had this chart on my PowerPoint, and the other day, well, two weeks ago, I think it was, I heard or read somewhere that the population of India was one billion, four hundred million, and so on. One billion, four hundred million. And of that, there's, I have here, there's one billion, three hundred million unreached. I said to my wife, I made a mistake on my chart. Statistically, that's 95% of the population of India is unreached. It's a difficult place, as is most of these countries that are listed here. They're difficult places for missionaries to go to. We've been to two of them, 
I want to be the ten of them. I'm not going to do it, though, at this age. You know, I'm old. So I say to people, I, I encourage you, pick one of those countries. Pick one. And don't go there, but pray for it. <laughs> pray that God would send people there that would share the gospel, be willing to share the gospel. 165,000 people die worldwide every day. How many of those people have never heard of Jesus Christ? Matthew's Gospel, I just want to read a section here. Matthew, chapter 9, verse, uh, I'm going to start in verse 35. It says here, And Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues and preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. He was a medical missionary. He was healing all these people. I said, praise the Lord, that's an example. But no, it went further. It went further. He was healing those people. But what was his heart? Verse 36, but when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion on them, not because they were physically sick. Why? Because they were they, because they fainted and were scattered abroad as sheep having no shepherd. In other words, there was nobody telling them the truth. There was nobody telling them of their need to trust in the Lord Jesus. They were scattered about. Then said he unto his disciples, The harvest truly is plenteous, but the laborers are few. Everywhere we go, we've been to over 30 countries, and I don't know how many trips we've taken since 1996. Everywhere we go, the missionaries say, I wish I had help. I wish I had help. The missionary in Zambia, Todd Beeman, he said, I could plant <laughs> so many churches here if I had more help. The harvest is plenteous. Even in India, that can happen. But the laborers are few. I want you to pray about one thing. Well, more than one thing, but one thing has happened recently that, that is very exciting for me. We have a friend who now is a pastor of a church in Colorado. And he sent me an email one day and he said, I have this couple in my church they want to be involved in ministry. He just retired as a pharmacist, and she just retired as a nurse. They are, they are of Indian descent. They want to be involved in ministry. Do you have a place for them? I'm like, oh, no. You know, I said, yes, <laughs> I'll be right there. And we did. We went out to Colorado a few weeks ago, and we met this couple. And they are so excited to serve the Lord. They're in their early 60s, very young people. They're in their early 60s. They're retired. They want to serve the Lord with the rest of their life in medical missions. They have a connection in India. They, they have family there. They have people there. They know India. 
I'm like, India, 1 billion, 300 million people are never heard. Let's go, I said to him. Let's go. And you know what? He was ready to go. He's ready to go. He has this commitment (laughs) to serve. He says to the Lord, here I am. Send me. Pray with us. They have three children. They're all medical doctors. And two of those children are married to medical doctors. I said, this is a whole mission. I mean, this is not just one person. This is a whole mission. I just encourage you to think through this. First of all, again, if you're sitting here today and you've never trusted Jesus Christ as your Savior, think about that. It's not just that, you know, somebody is saying to you, you need to do this. It's not like, you know, I'm saying to you, you need to do this. Who's saying to you, you need to do this? This is God is saying, God's saying, I'm waiting for you to trust Jesus Christ as your Savior, to understand that you are a sinner. Even if you think you're a good person, you're still a sinner. The Bible says, understand that, and that Jesus died for you. That's not hard to understand, and he's... God says, trust him. And when I come, I'll take you back to heaven. Understand that today. And if you are someone who has done that already, trusted Jesus Christ as your Savior, commit your life to him. That's what he wants. Present your body a living sacrifice. Tell him, Lord, show me what you want me to do. Show me, and I'll do it. If you do that, you better watch out, because he's going to show you. When I told the Lord, I want to serve you with my life, I said, even if it meant not being a dentist anymore. You know, I've wanted to be a dentist all my life. All my life. That's a weird thing. You know, I wanted to be a dentist all my life. Who, who does that, you know? But you know what? If you commit your life to the Lord, he's not going to say to you, I want you to do this thing that you hate. I want you to do this thing, and you're going to every day say, I hate doing this thing for God. No. <laughs> he's going he's to have you do the thing that he has prepared you to do. He is. He's created you for that. Psalm 139, we're fearfully and wonderfully made. He's put our DNA together. I was watching these guys in the back there. They're weird people. They understand technology. Dwayne and Pastor Postiff and Jansen. I mean, they understand. They're weird people. I don't understand that at all. They are using that for the Lord. Is that important? Yes. That's important. You have gifts and ability that God has given you. Don't just use them for yourself. Don't be selfish. First 12 years as a dentist, I used that ability that God had given me for myself. Praise the Lord, I can use it for him now. He's changed my life. 
commit yourself to the Lord. Father, thank you for this time. Thank you for Jesus Christ who was willing to die for us. Thank you for giving us this ministry of reconciliation. Thank you for making us your ambassador. Help us, Lord, to do that thing that you have created us to do. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I don't know about you, but I think God knew that we needed to hear that report and challenge and exhortation. Wasn't that excellent? I'm just so thankful for that. Um, and I can testify with our brother that what he says is absolutely true. The things that you can do for God, you will love doing them. You know, the kind of opportunities we have here in the ministry and also on the side ministries that I'm involved in, they just fit perfectly with what God has prepared for me to be able to do. And I know that he has things that you can do also just like that. So uh, don't be afraid to say to God, I am willing to do whatever. Just then don't be surprised that God answers your prayer. God's never answered my prayer. Well, he'll answer that prayer. (laughs) Then you watch out. Amen.